Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Amen, because it puts something on the inside of us that causes us to win. Amen? Amen. And, and thank God for that. Because people have a free will. They can choose to do anything they want. And they choose to do things that honor God. And we wouldn't be able to do what we do if we didn't have those examples. Amen. So I just, you know, I'm getting older and, and aging. And the more I think back on my life, how God put people in my life, I'm just appreciative of it. And I always want to acknowledge it. And you're not too young to start doing that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. Actually, before I get started, uh, I just thank God for the anointing. If you're here and you've had, uh, this is unusual for me, if you had to do it at the beginning of a service, but if you're having pain in your right knee, God wants to heal you tonight. It's, it's more of a pain that comes across the knee. If that's you, come up here. God wants to heal you. Hallelujah. Amen. I normally do it at the end, but, you know, I've just been trained by Dr. Jacobs, you know, to get outside your comfort zone. And so I'm comfortable doing it at the end. But I just told the Father I'd yield. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So be healed in your knees in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your knee, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for that. We thank you for that. Hallelujah. What are you doing now? Taking my time? Not getting in a hurry? Amen? You know, I just learned, you, if we're willing to yield, God has so much more than what we've ever experienced or seen. Amen? Just have to be devoted to yield. Amen? It's uncomfortable in the beginning, but it gets better as you yield. Father, I thank you so much for your presence among us. I thank you for your spirit living on the inside of us, teaching us, helping us, guiding us into all truth, recalling things to us, reminding us of everything you told us. We thank you so much for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you for it to flow tonight, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we can know the hope of your calling, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we can know the rich inheritance that we have in Christ, and enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we can know skillfully the exceeding greatness of your resurrection power working in and for us as believers. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go in our Bibles this evening to Romans chapter 5. We're going to park there. What's this thing this year? It's what? Devotion. Now, you know I got to tell you what devotion means before we talk about it, right? Amen. That way we know where we're going. Anybody ever take a trip and don't know where they're going? When you don't know where you're going, you can wind up anywhere. Anybody can pull you off course. So let's, let's define what devotion means. Webster's 1828 Dictionary says that devotion, it gives several, but this is the one that stands out to me the most. It is a solemn attention to. It is a yielding of the heart and affections to God with reverence, faith, and piety or piety in religious duties, particularly in prayer and meditation. I'll say it again. 
It is a solemn attention to it. That means you give your full attention to it. It is a yielding of the heart and affections to God with reverence, faith, piety in religious duties, particularly in prayer and meditation. Another definition we can write down is separated from common secular uses and set apart to God and his service. So when we talk about devotion, the purpose and the goal is to leave here what? More devoted. Amen? And so I'm just a thinker. I've, I've learned over the years to just ask God questions. And, you know, there are no silly questions except for one. What's the one silly question? The one silly question is the one you don't ask when you know you don't know. That's the one silly question. Because God is willing to answer them for you if you're willing to ask and seek and do. Amen? The word of God will answer your questions. If you'll be open to what God says and be willing to yield to it and devote yourself to it. But you have to search it out. You don't have to earn anything. You just have to put in the effort of searching it out. Amen? Like you look for your favorite pair of sneakers when you're going to that special place at school. It's a special day at school and you can't find your sneakers because you didn't put it back where your mama told you to put it back because it would have been where you put it last if you'd have put it in the place it was supposed to be there. I'm preaching to myself. But, but you don't want to leave without those sneakers. So what do you do? You look for it. You didn't have to earn the sneakers. Mama bought them for you. They're there. But if you're going to experience that nice stroll in school with your fresh pair of kicks, what are you going to do? You're going to look for them. Amen? And God has a prearranged good life made ready for you to live that he planned beforehand. But it does not fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You have to look for it. You have to search it out. And not only that, you have to commit yourself to it. You'll face obstacles. You'll face challenges. And there'll be times that you'll feel like you're doing it alone. And some people will make fun of you because of it. But if you want to experience it, you're going to have to do it in spite of. And guess what I'm here to tell you? You can. You can. You absolutely can with all your heart. Don't let the big word devotion cause you to think, well, what if I mess up? No, you can be devoted. I'm here to tell you you can. You can choose every day. You can. Amen? You can. And it's not a hard thing to do because God's going to help you every step of the way. He's going to empower you. Every, you're already empowered every step of the way. I'm here to tell you that you can, and I'm going to show you how. Amen? The first thing I want you to see about devotion, here's the thing, because I like to ask this question. Why be devoted? Why commit myself to something? Why go all in for something? Here's, a, here's the number one reason. If you don't remember anything else, you're going to remember a lot. But God is devoted to us. That's why. He's devoted to us. And let me show you from the scriptures. You're in Romans chapter 5. Verse 5 is where I'm going to start. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay? Now listen to this part. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. He said, you can't find anybody to die for somebody undeserving. And he said, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone to die for a good person. But look at what verse 8 says. But God commended his love toward us. When God aims for you, he don't miss Amen. You know, when we was coming up, we grew up pretty rough. We used to have crab apple fights. <laughs> crab apples was these sour apples that grew on trees. 
and they were hard as rocks, and sometimes we had rock fights. <laughs> and there were just a few people in the neighborhood who had dead accuracy that you didn't want to get into a crab apple fight with. Because when it hit you, it exploded and it, it left nice whelps on your skin. But they were accurate. They didn't miss. God took his love and hit you with it. He don't miss. He's accurate. Amen. You can't get out the way. It hit you so good, it was shared abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Just got all over you. Amen. So love is all over you. But I want you to see his commitment, his devotion to us. It says he commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Look at verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, the word justified means declared righteous. So his blood speaks of our righteousness, our right standing with God. God has declared us that through, his, through the blood of Jesus. And he says this, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Look at verse 10. For if when we were what? Enemies. enemies. Not friends. Not frenemies, enemies. He says we were enemies. We were what? Reconciled to who? God. Did you see the tense of everything we're saying? That's a done deal. You know this got ED on the end of it. That means it's taking place. That word reconcile in the Greek means restore to God's divine favor and blessing. And he did it when we were his enemies. I grew up fighting all my life. I used to get in trouble for not fighting. We, listen, you don't do good stuff for enemies. You fight enemies. You fight enemies. But look at God's devotion to us, to humanity. He said when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. How? By the death of his son. And much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to show you another scripture. Why be devoted? Why give myself over to a purpose? Why, why give my attention to this thing? Because he gave his attention and his love and his affection to us. He made the first move. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to show you from the scriptures how devoted God is to us so that we can abandon ourselves in him and be devoted. Amen. Many of you may have failed. People have ran off and left you. Maybe people disappointed you. They didn't intend to. You know, it's hard to stay committed to things when you don't know God. And sometimes people just don't know God and they make poor decisions that open the door for the devil to do things in your life. That's no reason to be mad with God. Amen? Some, it, it, there's a temptation too because there are things that you don't understand. But if you'll turn your heart towards this word I'm showing you, God will help you. Amen? When I was a young man, my father made decisions that opened up things to me, and at the time, I did not understand it. So the only thing I knew was to get mad. But then, you know, I came to this conclusion. If you'll examine yourself, it's like getting mad is not helping me. Harboring unforgiveness is not helping me. And even though some people may have exposed me to some things that I should not have been exposed to, I still have the ability to choose from right and wrong. I want you to remember something. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, you always have a choice. You have the choice to respond. And how you respond determines your victory or your defeat. You're always in a position to choose to respond. And if you'll constantly respond to the word, if you'll constantly respond to God's spirit, guess what will happen? You will win every single time. Every single time. Every single time. 
But you have to choose. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins. Hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. We're seated with him at the right hand of the Father in a place of favor and authority. And he did not wait until we got all our ducks in a row before he decided to act. But we can live through him because he acted if we'll believe what he said. Amen. When did he do it? When we were dead in sin. Sound like devotion to me. Sounds like fully committed to me. Sounds like God is all in to me. How could you not respond to him when you see how he's all in for us? When you see his commitment level. Because you know, any of, any of you ever have some friends, they try to get you to do something and you're hesitant to do it? What do they say to you? If you'll do it, I'll do it. If you go, I'll go. That's what God has said. I've already gone. Will you come with me? I've already committed. Will you commit with me? And I'll give you the power, and I'll give you the understanding, and I'll walk with you every step of the way if you'll just commit. Give me your yes. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what he said. And he said, listen to this. Look at his level of commitment. Verse 6, and he has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. For what purpose? So that in the ages to come. Amen. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. We say ages to come like this. From now on. Amen. You know, when I was cut up at home, I got good home training. My mom said, from now on, this is what you're going to do. That means it's not changing. That's what from now on means. But he says, in the ages to come, what is he going to do? He might show you the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved. How? Through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God wants to spend eternity showing you this. Sounds like devotion to me. Sounds like a commitment to a particular purpose to me. So why wouldn't I want to commit to him? But verse 10 gets really good. It's so good I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew for what purpose? That we may do those good works, watch this, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them. Here's my part. Living the good life. Living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. All you got to do is take the path and commit to it. Devote yourself to it. Devote yourself to activities and things that keep you on the path. Let me tell you something about the path. Some people going to get on, some people going to get off. It's a personal choice. You have to decide. Amen? You know, I had cousins growing up that liked to get into mischief, and, and sometimes, you know, I had instruction of what not to do, and I let my cousins influence me, and I would go home, you know, and the belt comes out because I'm getting ready to get disciplined, and I said, but so-and-so, because they were older than me, but so-and-so, you know, they were doing it, Mama, and Mama would look at me and say, but what did I tell you? See, even though some people may decide, I don't want to do this anymore, you can still experience the good life prearranged and made ready for you to live. 
Some people are going to enter your life. Some people are going to exit your life. You still can decide. That's what we call devotion. So what, so, uh, what I so appreciate about Dr. Jacobs, Pastor Diana, they just stuck with him. And you face all kinds of challenges. Challenges will come, but that doesn't term, determine the outcome. What determines the outcome? Whether you stay with it or not. Amen? You're going to face it. Some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. Just go on with your good self. Just go on anyway. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus is our example of devotion. Let's go to John chapter 8. So I, I've shown you why be devoted. Because God's devoted to us. And we can have complete confidence and trust in him to be devoted to him. Why? Because he's never going to let us down. Amen. Listen, God always has people that will listen to him. And he will put them into your life to help you. Here's the key. You got to be able to recognize who God is using. Because the devil's using people too. <laughs> Amen. God uses people to bless you. The devil uses people to trick you. And the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and your pastors will help you develop the sensitivity to the Spirit and skillfulness in the Word that you will be able to discern the difference. But if you do not devote yourself to these things, you will get played like a cheap instrument. Amen? Amen. How many of you here play video games? My nephews used to like to play video games. See, this is what the devil will do to you if you're not devoted. You know, I would come home sometimes and, and play them, and they would give me, they would play the game, and they knew I was pretty decent with it. And you know what they do, Roman? They give me the bad controller and tell me it wasn't bad. <laughs> so I'm playing, getting ready to make a move and go to the, to the, to, and, and dunk the ball, and something gets stuck on the controller. And I go do it again. I'm like, now nah, I know I'm pushing that button. Finally, I say, do me a favor, switch controllers with me. Then I find out they gave me the bad controller. That's what the devil likes to do. Give you the bad controller. It ain't charged up all the way. It's got a short in one button. Sometimes it don't have the batteries in it. Amen. But if you don't know what a good controller looks like, you'll just take it and be frustrated with the game, getting beat all the time. Amen? That's how he try to get you. See, it looks like a controller that works, but it really don't work, do it? And the devil will give you a plan to make you think it looks like it works, but it really don't work. That's why God give you a pastor, that's why God gives you Holy Ghost parents. Why? Because he always wants you to win. Amen. Jesus is our example of devotion. You're in John chapter 8. Let's look at verse 26. Jesus is talking. He says, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him, speaking of the Father. And verse 27 says, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Verse 28, then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, listen to this part, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Verse 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Look at verse, look at the last part of the verse. I do always. I do always. I do always. Okay, let me help you out. All the time. What? Those things that what? Does that sound like devotion to you? Huh? It's pretty plain, isn't it? So now we see the Father's devoted to us. Now we're seeing Jesus as our picture and our example of devotion. He's devoted to the Father, right? And he says, 
I always do those things. When you go back to that phrase, as the Father taught me, it shows me that Jesus was devoted to being a student. He was devoted to learning what the Father wanted him to know. He wasn't sharp on anything else. He was sharp on what the Father wanted him to do. And he had opposition throughout his life, throughout his ministry. Go read the Gospel of John. They're always saying, you don't know. Who is he? Who are you? Aren't you Mary's boy? And he says, I only speak the things that the Father tells me to speak. I only say what the Father tells me to say. Amen? When I, you know, growing up, I didn't like getting in trouble. It only took a few times to let somebody influence me down the wrong road and get the consequences, and I figured out I don't like that. The thrill of being able to do something and get the consequences at the end, I didn't like that part. So my cousins figured out real quick, if you want to do something wrong, don't take Alvin with you, because I'm telling you. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you the whole time why you're trying to do it. Mama said, Grandmama said, amen, you can call me all kind of punks, sissies, whatever you want to call me. I'm not, that switch and that belt is enough convincing for me. Amen. I don't care what prize is before the switch and the belt. The, the, the switch and the belt had lasting effects on my brain. Amen. What was I saying? I was paying attention to what I was taught. And it kept me safe. I didn't do everything right. But there were some lines I just was not going to cross. Because that little five foot three woman could pack a punch. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Let's go to John chapter 12. Jesus is our example of devotion. I just want to show you a few scriptures, uh, what that looks like. Amen? Amen. Because if, we're, if we are instructed to be devoted, then we need to know what it looks like and we need to know how to do it, and we need to know what to devote, right? Yes. Yep. Amen? And then that way, when you take off the rest of the week, you could just add all these things because you're going to get so much more. Yes. I'm excited for you all. Yes. Amen? Yes. So let's look at this in John chapter 12. Look at verse 44 through 50. Jesus was devoted. He was committed. And everybody didn't like him. You do, you do know they tried to kill him, don't you? Amen? You know, it's one thing, it's like, you read it over in Mark chapter 6, he was doing miracles, and if it was any place that anybody should have believed him, it, was, it should have been his hometown. It should have been his kinfolk. The folks that grew up with him. But the scripture says, they were offended at him. They said, who is he that these works are done by his hand? Isn't that Mary's boy? Isn't that Joseph's boy? I'm giving it to you in Pastor Allen's language. We know who you are. We know your people. We went to school with your sister and brother. There's no way you can know this and do all this. And the Bible says there he could do no mighty works except he laid his hands on a few sick folk. That could be enough to make you want to quit. He said a prophet is not without honor, but in his what? His own house, amongst his own people. That if anybody should believe in you, it should be the folks that knew you, that grew up with you. You would think they would be happy. Look at him doing all those miracles. Boy, I remember when you just run around with a hammer. If there's anyone that should have supported him, it should have been the people that know him. And that can be enough to make you want to quit. But Jesus was committed to it. You know how I know? Because the Bible says he marveled at their unbelief and then he went about the villages teaching. It didn't stop him. You got another instance over in John chapter 6 when he, Jesus started explaining some things to him about what would take place. And he started talking about eating his body, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And some of the disciples, they looked back and they said, man, this is a hard saying. And they said, who can do this? The right question should have been, how do we do this, Jesus? But instead, it said they got mad and they didn't follow him anymore. And you know, in my mind, I, I would think, well, Jesus is going to turn back to the other ones 
and asked him, y'all don't leave before I get a chance to explain. That's not what he said. He looked back at them and said, y'all want to go too? What was he saying? I'm committed. I know who I am. I know what I'm supposed to do. And if you want to leave, go ahead and go. But I'm going on. I love what Peter said. Peter said, Lord, where are we going to go? You have words. You have words we've never heard before. You have words that bring life. You have words that raise the dead. You have words that heal. You have words that show us the Father. Where else can we go and get these kind of words? He said, you got the words of eternal life. And John 17, 3 says the word eternal life is knowing the Father and his Son whom he sent. He said, you have the words that reveal God to us. Where else can we get those kind of words? What Peter said, Peter said, I'm devoted. There could be times people just, it look like you're the only one that's staying with it. So? That's pretty tough, Pastor Evan. No, that's right. So? Go on and enjoy the benefits of your salvation. Make this decision. Enjoy your salvation. Enjoy it. You don't have to be mean to people. You don't have to throw stuff up in people's face. But go ahead and enjoy it. Don't hold back on the enjoyment of your salvation because other people want to be silent. Amen. Hallelujah. What the song say? Let them talk. I'm going to give you my praises. Is that what it said? Yes, okay. I'm just checking. Make sure y'all up. Go to Matthew 26. Let me show you this. And then we'll get into some of the mechanics of what we need to devote ourselves to. And how do we do that? Right? Can you see that Jesus is devoted? Yes. Matthew 26, verse 36. This one is so good because I, I, it fits so well. You there? It says, Then coming Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be what? Sorrowful and very heavy. This is an emotional event. It's very heavy. And he says this in verse 38. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here. And what did he say? Watch with me. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You have a soul. You are a spirit, and you live in a body. You can, you can say, that's close to having a meltdown. He says, exceeding sorrowful unto death. He's under tremendous pressure. And he asks those who are closest with him, watch with me. Let's see what happened. I just want to show you that Jesus was devoted and it says in verse 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. And he cometh unto the disciples and what? And find them asleep. The most tender moment, the most pressure intense moment. He asked those whom he performed miracles in front of, those who walked with him. He asked him, man, listen, I'm in a tough spot. I'm in a tight spot. I'm ex my soul is see exceeding sorrowful unto death. Man, just watch with me. Just watch with me. And he goes and prays and comes back and finds them sleep. He sleep. That's enough to make you quit right there. I mean, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to go to the cross for you. I ain't the one that's seen. I was in heaven chilling. God put me in a body for you. And at the most intense moment, that I'm dealing with these things emotionally and I'm asking you to watch with me. I'm going to go take the heat for you and you sleep. See, y'all better be glad that one passed the album because I'd be like, uh, God, forget it. You know, this, 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 this too much. Them trying to throw me off a cliff was enough. But the folk going to go to sleep on me. 
I remember one time I was in a little attitude about people not showing up for prayer at the church, and God broke in on me. He said, don't even worry about it, man. I was over here in the garden getting ready to go to the cross, and they fell asleep on me. I fell out laughing right there in my prayer closet. I said, God, you got a real sense of humor. But he picked me to the wall. Amen? But it says there, they want to sleep on him. Look at verse 40 again. And he cometh to the disciples, finding them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy. Verse 44, and he left them and he went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, they still sleep. Call it hogs. Sleep on now. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. He was still committed, still devoted. Now you see God devoted to you. Now you see Jesus devoted to you. Amen? That's our example. Amen? So how should we devote ourselves? What does that look like? Go to Hebrews 12. I want to show you what devotion looks like. It's not complicated. Amen? God is not complicated. He's really simple. Amen? That's how bad he wants you and I to get it. That's why he makes it simple. Amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verses 1 through 4. He says, wherefore sin we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You got to lay some things aside to be devoted and you can't. That race reminds me of a story Pastor Victoria told me. She was a, she was a serious track athlete. She went to uh, college on a track scholarship. And she held, she was a state champion four by four 100 meter relay. She was good. She was fast. I was slow as molasses going uphill in the wintertime, but she was fast. And she told a story about she was in the finals for the 100. And she said, Alvin, I shot out of the blocks. She had glasses on. She said, I shot out of the blocks. I timed it so well. And she said, my glasses came off my face, and I couldn't see. And she said, by the time I got them back on, everybody was in front of me. What happened? Loss of focus. The race was set before she was there. You got to maintain your focus if you're going to be devoted. Amen? And you got to run your race. You can't run somebody else's race. Amen? Listen, you were not designed to be anybody else but you. Amen? Ain't but one of you. Be you. Be the best you God made you. Nobody can do what you do. Amen? And listen, all of us in Christ, you know what makes us all special? You know what makes us all valuable? You just saw it in Romans 5. Christ died for us. We all may get different assignments, different responsibilities, but we're all valuable to him. That's what makes us special. And if you'll yield to that, you can walk, everyone in here can walk in the fullness of what God has for them. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody else because you can't be them and they can't be you. Amen? That's what makes you you. Amen? So he says here, in verse 2, looking unto Jesus. Not looking at your circumstances. Looking unto Jesus, who's what? The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, he in, 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. That's how you make it to the other side. You look at what's set before you. What's set before you, the word? Who goes before you? God helps you. Amen? You have to look to those things. That's how you do it. You, look at, you allow the word of God that shows you your future, that shows you the victory, you allow that to give you joy. And you'll conquer everything. Amen? Hallelujah. Feelings are going to come. But you don't have to yield to them. You don't. They're just feelings. They're not things for you to make decisions by because they change too much. Amen? Listen, when the good feelings come, I don't run them off. But I'm not looking to my feelings to make decisions. I'm looking to the Spirit. I'm looking to the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. If you let your feelings and your emotions control you, you're in for a rough time. You have them. Listen, I can feel some type of way every day. I can. I can feel some type of way every day. I just can't live by them. They're just not good to live by. You know something? I find out that if I turn my mind to the Word, guess what will happen? The feelings will change and get in line with the Word. You just got to practice it. And you can. Amen? So he says, look at verse 3, For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. You don't want to faint. How do you do it? Keep looking to that example. Amen? Let me go to, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Let me tell you, because I want to, good, yeah. Let me show you the first thing we should devote. We should devote our ears. You know, you're giving yourself to a particular purpose. Your ears are not for trash cans. Your ears are not for filth. Your ears are not for lies. Your ears are not for gossip. Amen? Hallelujah. What goes into your ears, you listen to it long enough, it gets down in your heart. And that's where faith comes from. So you don't want to contaminate your heart. Right? If you take the word heart, if you take the T off the end, what do you have? Here. If you take the H off at the beginning, what do you have? Here. Your ears right in the middle of it. And what you allow to go into it will get planted in your heart and it will produce something you don't like if you keep listening to the wrong things. I love a statement my mother would say. Sometimes her, her, her grandchildren would tell her stuff. She said, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Because then I got to figure out where to put that. I don't even want that entering into my head. Some things you just don't want in there. But if you get it in there, I'm going to tell you how to get it out. Flood it out with the word. Just fill up on the word until it washes out. How many of you go to science class? There's a, there's a law in science called the law of displacement. Amen? And they usually show you the example in a cup. They'll fill the cup with one type of liquid, and then they'll pour the other type of liquid in the cup until what? See, the other liquid can't go anywhere. Until all the new liquid displaces the old. That's what you have to do with your mind. If you've been listening to the wrong songs, listening to the wrong TV shows, you got to turn around and displace it with the word. You just can't pick it out. You just can't say, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. You have to replace it. You have to displace it. You have to so fill your ears with the word and keep a constant flow of it that nothing else can get in. That's what we call devotion. It's practical. Amen? So listen to this in Mark chapter 4, verses 23 25. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, if any man has ears to hear, check the side of your head. You got ears? 
Okay, so that means you can hear. It says, let him be listening. Let him proceed and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure, the virtue of knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Verse 25, for to him who has what? Ears to hear will more be given. And from him who has nothing or no ear to hear, even what he has will be taken away by force. So you got to keep hearing it. Faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing the same things over and over and over again. I'm so thankful that Dr. Jacobs keeps that in front of me. I'm not afraid of repetition anymore. Amen, give it to me again. Because I need it. You know, it's kind of like Pastor Victoria's fried chicken. I've been married to her for 25 years. And when she fried, I eat it again for the first time. I don't ever get tired of it. Amen? When she make German chocolate cake, She'll call home and say, Adam, what'd you have for breakfast? I said, cake. <laughs> she called back at lunchtime, Adam, what'd you have for lunch? I said, cake. <laughs> I said, you know what I'm going to have for dinner? She said, what? I said, cake. <laughs> Why? It's good to me. I don't care if it's the same thing. See, when you see the word is good to you. Pastor Jordan Pastor Morgan or whoever, Dr. Jacobs, or whoever they put in front of you, you say, you're going to talk about that again? No, it's good to me. Give it to me again. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's go to the second thing we should devote our mind. We should devote our minds. Devote your ears. Number one, devote your mind. Why? I'm going to quote Dr. Dennis Hatterball. You can't change the way you live until you change the way you think. You got to think different. The world will help you think different. The world will give you the right thoughts to think. Amen? Hallelujah. You, listen, you have to think about your thought life. What do you mean, Pastor? Listen to me closely. You have to think about what you think about. And you have to guard it. You have to be devoted to thinking about things right. You have to be devoted to thinking what's right. And the word of God tells us what's right and what's wrong. Not the culture. Not your favorite athlete. Your favorite TV star, YouTube influencer. Y'all have so much stuff that, where people can talk to y'all. And you have to listen to what the word says. Amen. You have more access to the word than we've ever had as young people. Because see, some people like to say, well, they got stuff they never dealt with before. That's true, but you also got a level of word at your fingertips that we never had. You can get it 24-7 on your phone with you. What is this, devotion? That's what, that's what people do anyway. You got a few minutes, you don't like sitting still being quiet, what do you do? You start flipping through Instagram. Why you can't flip out your Bible? You got Dr. Jacobs' podcast, Pastor Jordan podcast on your phone. Why not listen to 15 minutes of that? 15 minutes on the bus on the way home from school, another 15 minutes while you're waiting in between class, another 15 minutes, next thing you know, by the time the day ends, you don't put two hours worth of word in you. You just did it in 15 minute chunks. You got access to it. I'm just giving you some things to think about that you can do that makes this practical so you can have the supernatural in your life. Amen? So Philippians 4, 6 
through 8, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition and definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with this earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and mind in Christ. Jesus, look at verse 8. After you're done praying, what did he say? For the rest, this is the part I want to get to. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, what does he say? Think on, weigh, and take into account of these things. And then he finishes the phrase, fix your minds on them. The Passion Translation says, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. The Bible in basic English says, give thought to these things. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says, dwell on these things. So my thoughts are devoted to whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, whatever is honorable and seeming, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, lovable, kind, wisdom and gracious, virtuous and excellent, and is worthy of praise. A devoted mind will think only on those things. Will you have other opportunities to think on other things? Absolutely. But if I want his peace devoted to my life, I have to devote what I put my mind on. Can I ask y'all a question? How many air conditioning vents in here? You know what I just noticed? People start looking up for air conditioning vents. But you weren't thinking about them until what? I said something. And what did it do? It turned your thoughts to something you were not giving attention to. So words can turn thoughts. So when a bad thought comes, because every thought that comes to your mind didn't originate with you. So when bad thoughts come, what do you do? You turn it by saying the word. It'll turn your attention. And you can't get tired of turning it. Amen? And if you'll stay with it, you'll win every time. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let me give you the third thing. You need to devote your mouth. Devote your mouth. Consecrate your mouth. Use your mouth for God's purpose. How do you do that? Say what God says. Do just what Jesus did. Jesus said, I only say what the Father says. The words I speak, they, they didn't come from me. They come from the Father. Dr. Jacobs has taught us over and over again, this is a word planet. It runs on words. Amen? Here's the problem. We've been saying what everybody else said. We've been saying what they say instead of saying what he said. It'll change it if you stay with it. You have to believe. You have to be developed in this that, hey, the word works when I speak it. And you start by saying it over and over to yourself until it gets down on the inside of you and starts changing things. Then it starts affecting things when you release it out of your mouth. But sometimes people just give up in the development process. They quit too soon. You got to keep saying it. Amen? It's a lifestyle. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, why does it happen in the negative so quick? Because you're more developed in it. Amen? Y'all remember that number line in school? In math class, you got zero in the middle, and you got the negative numbers on the left side, and the positive numbers on the right side. A lot of times we show up in church, we're at negative eight. And before the pastor can get you in a positive direction, he got to get you back up to zero. But when you're not devoted, see, here's what people do. They start hearing some word, and they get up to five, then they become inconsistent. They quit. Somebody said they didn't like them in school, so they stopped listening. Then they go back to 10 again. 
Then they finally get up enough courage and they start back and then they get all the way up to three. Then somebody they like got a boyfriend. They go all the way back to 18. <laughs> but if you stay with it, stay with it, you get to what? Zero. Then you keep feeding on it, you start getting in the positive. And the more you get in the positive, the more it multiplies. Just got to stay with it. Amen. So you devote your mouth. Go to, go to James chapter 3, 2 through 5 from the Amplified. I'm going to give you this and give you two more, and then we, we got to stop. Amen. Amen. So we got to devote our ears. We have to devote our minds. And then we got to do what? Devote our mouth. Because, see, we hear things, then we think on it, then we start talking. And once you start talking it, your actions are following that. But it starts with what you heard, and then you start entertaining what you heard. Now you're entertaining what you heard. Now that thing gets in your mouth. And you keep saying that thing long enough, and you're thinking about it, and you're saying it, and you're thinking about it, and you're saying it, and you're thinking about it, and you're saying, what is that? That's meditation. And the more you run it through that socket, guess what happens? It starts to get further and further down on the inside of you. Now it's taking root. Now what is it going to do? It's going to produce. And the next thing you know, that thing starts producing in your actions. Now you're getting the consequences from your actions. That's why the devil keeps trying to introduce it to you. What do you got to do? You got to catch the down. Amen? So listen to this in James chapter 3, verse 2. From the Amplified Bible says, For we often all stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things. What happens? He is a fully developed character, a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Look at verse 3. If we set bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us, we can turn about their whole bodies. And likewise, look at the ships, though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. So the horse's direction. You ever seen a jockey? up here. You ever seen a jockey? They're not really tall, are they? They're a little bitty, aren't they? What, four foot five, four eleven? What, they weigh about 80 pounds, 95 pounds? How much the horse weigh? You ever seen a thoroughbred? I remember one time I saw a Clydesdale. It's a big old horse, full of muscle. And if you look at the thoroughbred, that little bitty jockey on top of that horse, do you really think that horse, if he wanted to, could get that jockey off his back? Like the little jockey making him run around the track till he tired. But why does the horse obey you? Because of what's in his mouth. The bit puts pressure on the tongue. And so the horse goes in direction of the tongue. The world, the devil, the culture will try to put pressure on your tongue. Why? Because they want you to go in that direction. Put the word in. The word is the bit that we need to keep in our mouths. And what we can do, we can develop. We can turn about our whole bodies. We can control ourselves. The only reason you don't have any control is because you've been saying you don't have control and that's what's been planted in your heart and now you believe it so much you're speaking it all the time. I just can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. You can change that. You can, you can, you can, you can. Absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. Absolutely all day, every day, in day you can. There's not a time that you can't because you can. But you have to say it. And when you start out, don't check your feelings. I tell my church this, I've adopted this. Don't check your feelings, check the word. Don't check your feelings, check the word. Because that's what's true. Your feelings will change. You have them. I'm not telling you to deny them. What I'm saying is don't allow them to influence the decisions you make, the words you speak, the thoughts you think. Stay devoted to the word. Stay devoted to the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because God's going to help you. Number four, we should devote our bodies. Go to Romans 12. 
No, 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 no. I'm going to get you right here. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We can tell our bodies what to do. Don't let your body talk to you. You know, when I was in college, you know, I, I, I just didn't have any control. And they used to play this song all the time when we go party. Somebody made this song called My Body's Calling. <laughs> See, some of y'all laughing. Y'all must have been listening to that song. Don't listen to that song. Amen. And my parents, you know, my dad listened to music and they used to sing. So there'd be songs of people just full of flesh. If love you's wrong, I don't want to be right. So you listen to stuff like that over and over again, guess what your body going to start saying? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Your body's talking to you. Talk to it. You got dominion over it. Talk to it. Tell it what it's going to do. If you let your body talk to you, you're going to be in trouble. Just because you feel it don't mean you got to do it. You can shut it down. Amen? Amen? You're the one who has dominion over your body. Yes, sir. That's right. Take dominion over it. Right. How do you do it? Exercise the word. Speak the word over your body. Body, you're going you gonna to read today. You're going to praise God today. I ain't checking my feelings. That's why I said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. I'm the one in charge. You're going to bless the Lord today. I don't care what happened yesterday. You're going to get up out of your seat and get up on your feet and bless the Lord. I ain't asking you how you feel. Amen? So let me read this to you first, Thessalonians. That's what I said, didn't I? Verse 3 and 4. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That's a big word. Let me tell you what it is. It's sex outside the marriage covenant, any type, outside the marriage covenant between a man and a woman. I got to say that today. That's the biblical definition of fornication. So whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, bestiality, whatever it is, if it's not inside the marriage covenant between a man and a woman, it's fornication. Amen? And it says we should abstain from it, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. But the Amplified Bible just makes it plain. Can I read it to you, verse 4 to you from the Amplified Bible? It says that each one of you should know how to possess, control, and manage his own body or her own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane and honor. I didn't know I could control my flesh when I was in college. I thought I didn't have any. I thought if she looked good, I had to look. I'm just telling you. No one told me how to take control because I got exposed to things young and turned the switch on and I didn't know what to do. And no one could tell me. And all people did was made excuses for me. I didn't know listening to the music I was listening to was feeding it. I didn't know watching the stuff I was watching was feeding it. I didn't know running with people and listening to conversations about what they did with other folks was feeding it. I was giving myself to all these things and wonder why I had such a strong urge to merge. And I had no business merging with anybody that I wasn't married to. And so I wound up having a son. Mm -hmm. And that added things to my life, made things complicated and made my life harder than it had to be. Because I would not exercise self-control. I didn't know I could control my body by what I said. I just thought this is what we do. And it'll take you into places and expose and, and take you down a road you don't want to go down. Amen? Amen? So is that good? Let's stand on our feet. I could give you more scripture, but I think I said enough. Amen? So those things we devote ourselves, well, number one, we devote our ears. Number two, we devote our minds. Number three, we devote what? Our mouths. Number four, we devote what? Your body. Romans 6 said, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should obey it and the lust thereof. You don't have to obey it. It may scream, but you scream back at it. 
Amen. You know, like your mama would tell you, you're going to learn today, tell your body. You're going to learn today. I'm in charge. Amen. You're going to get up and go to church. You're going to participate. You're going to pay attention. You're going to go to sleep. You know how you get up early in the morning? It's real simple. You know how you do it? Go to bed at night. Ain't complicated. Don't let anything interfere with your sleep time. Because you can't hear from God tired. Amen. If you're here today and you heard this message and you say, you know what, Pastor Alvin, you're right. The Holy Ghost is right. The word is right. And I want to make a fresh commitment starting right now. I want you to come up here. Amen. It's not to say you've done anything wrong per se, but you just recognize you can step it up. Amen. And you can do this. You can do this all day long for the rest of your life. I'm here to encourage you and tell you and listen, authorize you. Just go ahead and do it because you can. Amen. You'll get challenges. That's okay. But it will, it will bring such peace, such joy to your life, supernatural things that you're going to learn about in this camp. But it starts with these foundational things and they never go away. You will do them for the rest of your life. Like you take a bath, like you brush your teeth, like you eat meals. This is a part of your life. That's why we call it devotion. Amen. Say this with me. Father God, I see clearly in your word how you're devoted to me. And I desire and I choose to make a fresh commitment to you. Forgive me for the times that I was not devoted. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your cleansing. And I make a fresh commitment today to devote my ears, to devote my mind, to devote my mouth, to devote my body to you for your glory, for your purpose in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. And you know what you do tomorrow? You make a commitment. Every day you decide, I'm devoted today. Remember what I said. Don't check your feelings, check your word. Your feelings going to tell you stuff. Don't, don't hear to that. Just check the word. Just go with the word. You hear me? You got this. You got this. Do you hear me? You got this. You win. Amen. Don't let the past body. It's gone. It's under the blood. You got this. This is who you are. You're victorious. Amen. I'm done. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media 